Hey guys, it's Luke Wang. It's Lindsay Wang. And we're from the Off Ice Hours podcast. And you're listening to This Week in Skating. Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And this is This Week in Skating. So Daphne and I are bringing you a new series highlighting our fellow figure skating podcasters. Off Ice Hours, or Office Hours, depending on what you prefer, is one of the newest skating podcasts. It is hosted by Lindsay Wang and Luke Wang, and no, they are not related. Lindsay is the 2023 U.S. Collegiate Silver Medalist and has competed in two U.S. Championships on the senior level. Her co-host Luke is the 2024 U.S. Junior Champion with his pairs partner Olivia Flores. Luke is getting ready to head to his first World Junior Championships. Now, according to the description for off-ice hours or office hours, Lindsay and Luke are figure skaters, procrastinators, and best friends navigating the Gen Z world with questions, advice, and unwarranted personal monologues. So we want to welcome, <laughs> we want to welcome Lindsay and Luke to this week in skating. Welcome, guys. We're glad to have you with us. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having us. <laughs> yes, thank you for having us. What an introduction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that you freely admit you're, pro- you're a procrastinator and that you um, are navigating the Gen Z world with unwarranted personal monologues because I have to tell you, in my other podcast, we often get off track even though we're talking about movies. Sometimes we go on what we call mini tangents about something else that might or might not be related to the subject we're talking about. It's just honestly part of what makes a podcast fun to listen to. When you have two um, co-hosts who are really good friends and can vibe off each other, it really makes it a lot of fun to listen to. Yeah, for sure. And even just like if you have like a guest on and uh, their insight and and all of the things that they have to say, it really is, yeah, like you said, like free flowing and and that's the best part of it. And I feel like when I listen to podcasts, my favorite podcasts are the ones that are that just seems so natural and, you know, and you, and very relatable. Like you want to listen to podcasts that, that, that can like really mean something and that you can relate to. So yeah, I like how it's the more natural, the better for sure. Yeah. That's how I feel too. When I got into podcasting and we were putting things together, it took a while to get our format together because on my movie podcast, we started with one format And we ended up probably six or seven episodes in changing it all around because we had evolved into doing something else that really was working. And I think that's one of the things about podcasting that is, you know, a must is you've got to be flexible and be willing to kind of transition to whatever the flow is telling you to do, basically. Yeah. When we first started the podcast, you know, I'm always that kind of like or I'm very into organization so I was so like 
I want to talk about these topics. I, I want to start it like this. I want it to finish like this. You know, I've always been more of like, I want to bring some kind of like real, like personal knowledge and like stuff. I want people to walk away with something. And like, so that's why I would like structure everything. And I wanted like certain answers from people, you know, but Luke was always the one who was like, I like free flowing. I want that kind of freedom. I want the the meshing of vibes and just kind of like letting it all free flow and just have it be a conversation. So for us, it was like, we also were like learning more about ourselves when we were doing this podcast, but also more about each other. So, you know, it's been a really, really nice journey. Yeah. yeah. And I like how um, each episode, depending on like the topic, depending on if you have like, a, depending on the guest who's on, I feel like it's the structure is never going to be the same. And it's like, you don't want to like make, you know, either yourselves or the guest, you know, you don't want to put them in a box. You want, you want to kind of see what natural ideas come out. And I feel like that for me is like the biggest thing. Like I learned the most when, when it's just like raw and genuine and, and, and putting that structure on sometimes can like make you feel like you can't really fully say what you want to say. And so I think, yeah, natural. <laughs> yeah. It's hard not to get stuck in a box. Lindsay, I'm yeah. very much like you when I started. I wanted it to be more scripted, kind of. Yeah. And I learned quickly that people didn't really like to hear you reading stuff. They wanted to hear you mm -hmm. share your thoughts in a more fluid way without um, reading what you'd written down. And so instead, now I just have bullet points and I just make sure I get through all my bullet points. And mm -hmm. it's much less of a structured thing. We have general things that we do, like we do on This Week in Skating. But it's much more bullet points. Because yeah. doing a skating news podcast is different than doing other types of podcasting. Because you're yeah. relying on reading or delivering the news. And so... You need to have as much information available as possible so that you're giving a complete picture. Whereas yeah. if you're talking about a movie or an experience, you can just kind of free flow and it's a lot easier. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think something we learned, and I think Lindsay can also contest to this, but um, in the beginning when obviously, you know, we're trying to like make it, like you said, like that, that scripted structure type a, a podcast it was it felt like um we would kind of run out of things at, at the end like during the recording whereas like if we were just you know go in have your the the topic have what you know you want to hit and allow you know the conversation to actually naturally grow we found that like the conversation was so much more extensive so much more informative so much more just uh like more genuine and you know and i think that's what audiences want to hear and then we found ourselves, you know, like 20 minutes or 30 minutes like of scripted stuff turned into like an hour of like just just insightful conversation. And that's, yeah, I feel like for me personally, my favorite podcasts are always like that. Yeah. Yeah. The free flow is just so much more fun because you, as we were talking about, it's relatable. You're listening to someone. And at some point when you're listening to a podcast that you've listened to for a really long time, you feel like you're listening to friends and mm, that's what yeah. you feel like. Mm -hmm. It's like you have listened to them long enough where you 
feel like you have a good idea of who they are and they're like friends. It's like listening to two friends talking to people that you know. And that's how you really know that you have are listening to a really good, to me, it's how mm-hmm. you know that you're listening to a worthwhile podcast. Yeah, a thousand percent. It's a comfort yeah. level because podcasting is something, you know, you're listening to a podcast for you know, whatever reason, whether you're driving in the car or you're just sitting at home, it's kind of like for comfort or for, enter- you know, entertainment. So mm. it, there's just got to be a certain vibe to it, I think, in order for it to be something you want to invest your time in. Yeah, I feel like I, and I'm really appreciative of like the rise of podcasting. Just like everyone, regardless of what you do, who you are, you can, you know, set up a podcast and just talk. And really share your stories. And I think that's, I, I don't know, that's like some, like, I'm really grateful for this day and age where we're able to kind of do that. Because um, I don't feel like it was that um, widespread a couple of years ago. And now I feel like it's a lot more, you know, normal. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even if they're like all skating podcasts, I find like everybody is different. Everybody's podcast is different. And it's great because there's just so many options out there to listen to. You know, one is more maybe about recapping an event. More is, you know, one has more guests. One maybe more, you know, just about like you guys are actually skaters. So you bring in a whole different perspective than maybe just a fan who's created a mm-hmm. podcast. But I like, you know, that there's these all different yes. podcasts all related to right. skating. And I think that's really nice for the sport as well. Um, Because not again, not everyone is a competitive figure skater or like a single skater. Like I want there to be more attention and focus brought to other disciplines like, you know, ice dance, pairs, even like theater on ice, synchro. Mm -hmm. You know, I think skating is such a broad uh, sport. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of voices need to be more amplified. Yeah. And in addition to that, like just being able to not only share what the sport is all about from whatever um, perspective you're coming from, um, but just like the the overall like mentality, the mental health, like talking about all these different topics that are very pertinent to a skater, um, regardless of what discipline you are. We share a lot of common experiences and being able to share that insight um, is kind of what we wanted to do like the you know the gen z world the the unwarranted monologues like all of that like that really comes back to like sharing our stories because we know they're not you know unique um to you know just us a lot of people share those similar stories as skaters or even as fans so it's like it's great to just be able to add another perspective to the whole um skating world yeah yeah it's good to get different narratives Having mm-hmm. different types of podcasts out there, there's plenty of room for people to be able to share, you know, their unique story or vision. There's plenty of room out there. It only elevates skating to a higher level. And amplify is definitely a word that we use here quite often mm-hmm. because it's really important to um, get some stories in particular more and more attention like normalizing mental health and mental health struggles so that 
people don't feel there's a stigma attached to it. It becomes something that people experience and they can realize that they're not alone. And so a lot of times when we're doing interviews on this podcast, we're thinking about how do we amplify the messaging? How do we get out that, you know, get it out there even more? And we use This Week in Skating as a tool to do that because each of us runs successful websites devoted to skating. Mm -hmm. But this podcast gives us another opportunity to be able to take that messaging and other messaging and make it more widely distributed. And so that's one of the reasons why we started this podcast is we wanted to amplify the messaging and to just really get the stories out there even more in addition to the weekly episode that we do. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And you guys do a, just a wonderful job. Like I know Thank you're separate. You. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. No, I, I am a regular listener. Um, I always say every week, you know, your Thanks. rundown. Um, and I know you have obviously your separate um, pages with mm-hmm. ice.com and figure skaters online. So it's really great to kind of merge it and be able to, uh, collab and put it together and and to, again amplify further um i feel like yeah outreach is a very important thing in the sport um being able to reach wider audiences and that and we were talking about this just because it's fresh nationals you know just finished but being able to see like oh like the crowd and the columbus people and it's it just shows that like there are people out there and we just have to reach them you know and so i think with related to the Columbus Nationals, like that, what they what they did there was amazing, and and creating that local pride, um, and you know getting that turnout to to happen like that, and so I think with the day and age of social media and the internet and online is everything everything is really accessible online. Like that's a just a great form, and I feel like now that podcasting is is more widespread and it, people enjoy it more and listen to it more, so I think. Yeah, I think we're, I feel like in a little bit of time, I feel like the sport is kind of seeing a, a better trajectory, honestly. Um, and and the Nationals was this year was really hopeful um, in, in, see, in seeing that. Yeah, especially, um, yeah, all of the senior events were really well attended. Yes. And mm-hmm. I think it really goes to what you said. It was really a grassroots effort on the city of Columbus. Mm -hmm. They filled those seats. Yes, they did. And that is wonderful. I'm excited to find out where nationals will be Mm -hmm. next year because we don't even know. know. It's on all of our minds. Yeah. Yeah. I think we even discussed that in our our, uh, Columbus Mm -hmm. episode, me and Luke. We were like, oh. man, that turnout for those senior events, crazy. And for me, being on the in on center ice mm-hmm. for that event, it was, you know, really mm-hmm. a one of a kind experience. Um, but I really do hope that they announce nationals where it's going to be good. soon. Yeah. Um, and I hope that because yeah. I feel like the earlier advertising from last year for Columbus really helped. I think it brought it gave more people an opportunity to like find ways to get there, you know, brought more interest. And I think that's what needs to happen for this year as well. Yeah. And I definitely think we're going back to Columbus, maybe not next year, but with the crowds, we're going back to Columbus at one point. 
They definitely earned it. And I think, you know, there's been a lot of talk about wool skating. There's the interest is waned and and it's really, you know, you you watch TV and there's hardly anyone in the audience. I look at the European championships that they just had in Kaunas and then what we had in Columbus here at US Championships. And I think those are two large-scale events that show that there is still an audience out there for figure skating. And even even more so, like, not just, you know how we hear, like, the Asian um, fan base is a lot larger, which is true. You know, you have J Japanese fans, you have the Koreans. But for these two events to not be Asian events is another, like, just like a big indicator that, yes, there are people who are interested in skating. You know, you have the U.S. nationals and you have Europeans. So if we can just, like, kind of, like, see this formula and kind of like try to basically follow this formula every time, which is actually a, a positive sign because I was talking to even some of the people at US figure skating during and after the event. And I was like, Hey, like, do you see this right now? And they're like, yes, we see this. And I'm like, make sure you're taking notes. Right. Cause th this kind of formula should really is really easily um, copied every single time. And I feel like if they can, even ISU as well, if we can just kind of follow this formula and, and see how we can keep on expanding and, and amplifying and and spreading the the sport around the world, like that's it's it's a great sign just seeing Europeans, the turnout for Europeans and nationals. So yeah, there's hope. There's hope. And especially like a non-Olympic mm -hmm. year, like that's that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. That was really surprising. Because yes, earlier yeah. in the week I in Columbus, I was thinking, you know, there's a decent crowd here for the junior events. As far, because mm -hmm. junior, for some reason, most people come, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So yes. the junior events aren't as well attended. But I thought it wasn't too bad. I thought it was okay. But mm -hmm. as the crowd just continued to build, it got very exciting. And you're right. There has to be a way to continue to replicate this. Find out what Columbus did. Um, create a handbook or a manual on hosting mm -hmm. a successful national championships. This is what you need to be doing. How the promotion and marketing works, the outreach. Yeah. You know, there are just so many different things. And there's more than one thing that works. Because other cities have had success too. Greensboro. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I can't remember the year, but I swear I went to Greensboro and the it was when the juvenile, intermediate, and novice were still part of nationals. Stands were packed for the mm -hmm. lower levels in that secondary arena. And it was, mm -hmm. I just remember thinking, this is juvenile pattern dances. Yeah. And there are a lot mm -hmm. of people here. And... Greensboro historically has done a good job at hosting nationals too. Right. So I think when you get those communities that do such a great job, maybe it needs to be a regular rotation. And it yeah. seems yeah. like in some ways yeah. it is. So we should add yeah. Columbus to that list. And I feel like Boston. Yes, I was about yeah, to say Boston, Boston. nationals. Yeah. Boston Nationals in 2014 mm. was also another really great crowd. And then, of course, Whoa. we had 2016 Worlds there, and we're going to have yeah. Worlds in 2025. Mm. So <laughs> I really am hoping with two North American Worlds, we are going to have these yeah. crowds. I yeah, mean, yeah. Montreal's just a month away, 
And then, you know, we've got Boston World's big crowds. Yeah, and I feel like, right, and I feel like they're, I don't know why, you know, the couple, these couple years, I mean, obviously the pandemic and everything, but I feel like there should be that driving incentive to, like, want to have large crowds, because ultimately, like, Skate America, U.S. Nationals, those are the main, like, the biggest money-making uh, events for us figure skating in the whole season right you know yeah. that's where they're really ultimately making a bulk of the 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 money of the season so i feel like there should be that incentive to hey let's come on let's let's try to drive turnout a little bit better each year um and i i'm sure like with the columbus like whoa even texas like i feel like it was pretty like okay like um, for Skate America. So I feel like I hope, you know, after this season, they'll be like, wow, okay, I could, we see like the the effect, even financially speaking, because I know that's a huge thing, like federations not being able to sustain financially. And so I feel yeah. like if we can have, you know, the nationals be like, oh, whoa, this really helped us or, you know, this was beneficial for us, then that might be like, okay, let's make sure we do that every year, you know? Yeah, I did like that they included at least a flight of skaters from the novice level into yes. nationals again, because I think that it's an opportunity that's been missing from the yes. past couple yeah, of seasons. I yeah. That I think you, you know, and maybe you guys agree, you underestimate what the power of having being a novice skater and being on that ice and mm -hmm. looking up at the audience and and just the aura and the experience of being there in person and competing, I think sometimes it gets underestimated, like what that mm -hmm. can do for an athlete and how it can empower yeah. them and push them. And even more so the athlete, but also skating, right? Like U.S. figure skating. It, it, you Ultimately, the youngsters who are coming up each year and in every Olympic quad, whatever, the, they, they have to, you know, there has to be this like continuity where, you know, if they aren't, you know, having nationals for these lower level skaters, novice, even intermediate and juvenile, then what's the incentive to continue. Right. And so mm -hmm. yeah, it's like a skater who never got to do a novice nationals because I was exactly when, In the they, middle. They, when they stopped doing <laughs> it I was when the national development team started. So I can I feel that. Right. Because it's like, how do you feel motivated as a juvenile skater knowing that, oh, the most I can really do this season or next season or however many seasons you are in that in that age range you know the highest i can do is a national development team camp which doesn't you know doesn't feel the same like you said like that athlete you know that feeling like you can compete on national ice is so so like impactful on a skater and yeah so i really hope you know that they start to bring back, you know, the novice at, at least, right? I at know it's like novice, yeah. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. So that you can kind of keep building the sport and keep keep the mo the motivation and the inspiration and the driving force of the younger skaters who are ultimately mm -hmm. going to be the ones of your the future, right? So yeah, yeah, I think it helps developmentally too because yeah. those are the skaters at the novice level that are going to be the junior skaters the next year or the year exactly. after. This gives them competitive experience in an environment yes. that will help prepare them for international assignments if they get right. them. Yeah. A thousand percent. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think ex self like experience, like personal experience, really uh, shapes a skater. And 
nationals is just such a big competition. It's not like any other competition in the season. And I feel like if the little ones and the younger generation, if they have that experience moving up the ranks, it'll give them a lot more, um, like they'll be more prepared for when they step on to nationals ice as a senior. And it's mm-hmm. the most televised event. And there's so many cameras, so many bright lights. I mean, my first nationals was as a senior. So mm-hmm. I was there in San Jose and I'd never done a competition like that before. It was just so much media, so many cameras, like the lights were crazy. I mean, even with the turnout at San Jose not being as good as what we saw, you know, this past January in Columbus, it was still a pretty big crowd and I wasn't used to that at all. So I feel like if we got rid of that experience for the young ones, it's just, it's a shame for them. I think they deserve to have that experience of, you know, seeing their efforts come to fruition, you know, mm-hmm. having that like really big stage, you know, and skating on in that really beautiful arena and just having that experience. But then also just that it prepares them for what they do in the future. Right. And and I get like some um, some of it has to do with the finances and maybe like hosting a nationals for all, more than the junior and senior might, you know, in the short run be more costly. I, I That's kind of what I've heard, but I feel like in the long run, it'll benefit you. You'll have kind of more skaters who are going to prop up, who are going to, you know, get that experience, who are going to be able to continue, have the motivation to continue. And then, and then in the long run, I feel like it benefits us figure skating even more. So feel like that kind of opens up a little bit we should open up that discussion right and um hopefully they start to kind of see the i i know i always found it weird with the two novices moving up to the junior competition like i i got got the concept but you know like again like you want to give those novice skaters the experience of being a novice skater and and not and i think that was what kind of led them to give back a little bit of the novice ice dance competition, the novice pairs, just because there's no, it's just not possible sometimes um, to expect. Especially with uh, like advanced novice being more internationally recognized and have them having more competitions. I feel like then we need to start um, preparing our novice skaters for that international stage. And why not start it here from nationals? Right. So. Yeah, like it's a good move based on this. We need the stepping stones. Yeah, I feel like we need the stepping stones to get, you know, go through each checklist and and make sure that we we can actually like create a good foundation and a good process. Mm -hmm. So I feel like expecting a novice to to jump up for the one competition of their whole season at nationals, right? Arguably the most important competition of a skater's whole season, regardless international or domestic. So, yeah, it's it was a little kind of strange, um, but, you know, like, I, I think we all agree, like, it's kind of important, I feel like, for the novices to get to experience their their nationals, their moment, right? Their moment. To so. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's something that we've had side conversations about, Gina and I and, and our group of friends just because the bottom line is we always talk about how many opportunities can there be created for skaters to be able to get them the experience they need to be able to go out internationally because that is usually, you know, what the focus is. 
But while while saying that, we also look at the sport thinking not for every skater is international competition their end goal. They may have a goal of making it to nationals and then they make it. And so the next year they're thinking, okay, well, I made it. I want to make it again. And this is my goal. But it's different. Every skater is different. And I think structuring nationals in a way that it kind of puts um, pulls the best out of all the athletes that are there would really be a great experience for everyone. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So since we are talking about nationals, can I ask you guys what your nationals experience was like? Because you both had different experiences, you know, Luke, you being a junior and Lindsay, you on the senior. So what was it like for you guys at nationals? Well, like Daphne, like you said, um, it was actually kind of I didn't expect the crowd to be that, you know, it was a junior event and earlier in the week. So I was going in kind of expecting like, all right, kind of. I, I know what I'm doing, you know, but <laughs> but it, it was a really supportive crowd, a really good turnout for a Tuesday, Wednesday situation. Um, So like I immediately I was like, OK, this is going to be a good week because I you just kept hearing like, OK, as the week goes on, the crowd's going to get bigger and bigger, um, which was really inspiring. Um, And. Not that it was like a, the largest crowd for a junior event, but for what it was, it felt very, still very like uplifting. Um, and you could really feel like you could skate with the crowd and and kind of take their emotions with you along for the ride. Um, and so that was really, I that was definitely a great part of this nationals that I didn't get for San Jose, really. Um, but yeah no i feel like um a lot of people also asked me like how it was like with my decision to withdraw situation uh, um from singles um i just like the schedule was also just a little bit weird for my for me so the experience not being able to experience skating my long was i did that was a pity um but um honestly i felt like even with my short i had so much fun i was smiling the whole time for singles and and that was great and so no regrets i'm glad i made that decision so um yeah no that was kind of my experience I, and it was great to you know finish wednesday and get to just like be there and experience thursday friday and the weekend um so that was that was wonderful yeah i love that mm -hmm. Nationals was a really great experience, you know, regardless of how my skating went, you know, the crowd was super supportive and reactive. They were, they were, you know, clapping for every jump I landed, for every spin I did. Um, when I emoted to the crowd, they were reactive. You know, it was just a very nice experience being in Columbus. Um, to be honest, Columbus was kind of like my turning point because my season had really, it was filled with a lot of ups and downs, I'll say it like that way. You know, um, in the summer, I, I had like a great, you know, I had a great start to the season with um, Silver at Collegiates. I mean, it's still, um, but then I went to Boston and I had that unfortunate slip, which caused me to have that concussion and then the withdrawal. 
um, just having that low and then slowly trying to like set myself up for the NQS season, um, not doing my best at sectionals, but making nationals. So Columbus was really my turning point. Just just being there to me was a really big deal. And regardless, I still really enjoyed that whole the whole experience of being there. Yeah, I feel like the competition is always, I like to say it's like the most important competition. I don't know. For some reason, it's like that national spirit. Um, and regardless of like that stress level, um, I feel like it's also a place where everyone re reunites during the season. And so Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, your lots friends. of reunions. Yeah. Seeing lots of familiar faces. So in a way, it feels very... Um, very comfortable as well um every year you you know you see similar faces so i feel like it's always a highlight regardless like Lindsay said regardless of how the skates actually go um it's one of those competitions where where you can just have fun and um yeah and enjoy we always say it, it is a big reunion yeah. even for us you know because we get to see you guys but we get to see our media uh, friends like Daphne and I yeah. get to see each other for like that um January in nationals was the first time we saw each other uh, in each since nationals. last yeah. nationals because we didn't go to skate yeah. America we weren't at I didn't go to Lake Placid for the right, ice right. dance uh championships so you know, it is a big reunion for us mm -hmm. too, getting to go to nationals and stuff like that. So it is the, the event I look forward to every mm -hmm. year. So I, you know, as soon as you said reunion, yeah. I'm like, yep, Luke, it's exactly <laughs> what it is. Full house and is a party. It's everything. Yeah. Literally. It yeah. Literal full house. And that only makes the energy better, you know? Yeah. So that's why I feel like I keep stressing like the formula and like trying to get nationals to be like that every year. Cause ultimately it is the reunion and like that 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 highlight of the whole the season so yeah and it only gets better if it if it's a successful week right so yeah i totally agree with the reunion piece i think it became even bigger because during the pandemic we missed one whole nationals because of covid that was a weird nationals to try to cover oh my gosh Yeah, because they gave us, like, the mixed zone virtually via Zoom. So you're trying to watch it. You've got one, like, monitor that's got Zoom on, and it's uh, – it, no, no, no. Yeah. I was so glad to be back in person in 2022, even though that Nationals was a whole <laughs> crazy mm -hmm. Nationals. With a blizzard in Nashville. I mean, oh, that right. in itself. <laughs> and the then COVID. the COVID. I mean, it was yeah. – <laughs> yeah. We bet – I've – One we will never I feel forget. Like skating's been through a lot. Skating in the U.S. Is, and in the world has been through a lot in the last four years because of COVID. Yeah. And I don't think we're completely out of the um, fans thinking that, you know, staying home. They may We may not be past that point yet. Yeah. I think there are still fans who didn't come just because they're still concerned about COVID. So mm -hmm. I think it's going to take some more time maybe to get folks back. But I know that a lot of the diehards that I see every year at Nationals, they were back. And so, yeah. yeah, it was so great <laughs> to be able to, you know, to just get that that feeling of um, just being in a in a place that's comfortable. You yes. know, it's okay. it's it's a comfortable place. Mm -hmm. 
it's like yeah and then this year being like one of like the fi finally one of the first years where it feels like there's a sense of normalcy things are ramping up again you know the media was you know kind of more fully there and you know kind of everyone running around it felt like oh this is nationals again you know Mm yeah -hmm. it felt kind of like the old days yes but yeah new in some ways too but it was it did feel i think this one felt a lot more like the old days and it's great to get back to that because you know going through the covid years you do start to question are we ever going to get back to what feels normal and comfortable or is it always going to be a bit different but Yeah. i feel like this year i wasn't really thinking so much about COVID at all it was really about okay we're at nationals competitions going on running and Yeah. getting to where you need to be and seeing familiar faces and it just felt good i think Yeah. Gina, you kind of unlocked a memory when you mentioned the, was it the Vegas, that was the Vegas Nationals, right? When like the, during COVID, Mm-hmm. the Yes. boards, the heads, Yep. and the, Yes. The boards, yeah, the because heads, we, I, we yep. had a couple um, at the time I was training in Delaware. And so we had a couple people um, in that Nationals and we Oh, were, okay. the audience, like, or like family friends were able to kind of log on to Zoom. And Mm-hmm. then they, that was what they projected Yes. behind Oh, what they yeah. were <laughs> Like Yep, you really yep. unlocked a memory there because I remember joining. <laughs> Um, Were you on Zoom in a kissing yes, crab yeah, loop? yes. I did it too. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. that was Yeah. a core memory. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, those are the things, though, that you remember. It's like over all the time that I've been involved in the sport, I just look back and think, oh, my gosh, I really need to write a lot of this down because there have been just some just unexpected things that have happened. Um, and I don't want to forget them because you Yeah. do. I mean, there's just so much. Your brain can only hold so much. Well, and Right. yeah, I took a photo of my setup covering that nationals Yeah. with the one monitor having Zoom, the actual watching it on TV, Yes. then probably another computer Right. typing up something, and my snacks like right at my desk. I will say it wasn't bad having the snacks right there, going Mm running -hmm. <laughs> Comfortable to the kitchen, clothes. going, you Yeah. know, it was com comfy clothes, but I totally Yeah. enjoy being in person. I would not want to do that again, Yeah. but Oh, no. it was, I was grateful for us figure skating to provide Yeah. me because Right. how could Right. we have covered Yeah. it? You know, it was still a big event. They still made sure we had a nationals when other federations did not So Yeah. I was really grateful and they continue to do the virtual stuff, you know, for the ISU Mm even did for a while. Now it's sort of not as much um, virtual stuff, but I can't even imagine what we would have done if we didn't, -hmm. Yeah. they didn't think of, you know, doing zoom Right. for mixed zones or stuff like that. They did credential. Um, a couple of our friends did go to the competition. Photographers Mm. Yeah. At nationals. went. Um, So we kind of got, you know, we were in communication with them about, okay, so what is this like? And the one thing, yeah, In the bubble. one of the things <laughs> right. I just kept thinking about is at least when the athletes are on the ice, they're going to have all these cardboard cutouts everywhere, but at least they know some of the photographers. So at least they'll see somebody there that they 
No, because a lot of the ice yeah. dancers, um, from my perspective, they know Melanie and Robin. And I think a lot of the skaters know Robin, too. So it's like, at least they'll have some familiar faces there so right. that they yeah. can feel like, like it's a national. Yeah. Um, in some way. Yeah. I thought about going and then I just decided, you know what? Melanie wanted to do it and I and I didn't go. That was the first one I'd missed since 2006, but I think it was in great hands and like Gina, I had the screen <laughs> screens going everything. <laughs> I mean, we didn't miss the event. I mean, we were still both of us still very into what was yeah. happening. Um that was hard too. You had to mute right. what was on mm-hmm. TV so then you could unmute on Zoom. And you right. also learn which journalists are comfortable with technology and which <laughs> no. ones are not. <laughs> <laughs> we won't mention any names, but yeah, you're still muted. You're still muted. You're still yeah. muted. <laughs> just the fun. I mean, these are just the fun, silly uh-uh. things that happen. You talk about wanting to, you know, kind of remember all of that and kind of document it, which is, I feel like it's great in a way, though, for, you know, what you do with icedance.com and figure skaters online. Uh, You have just years and years of kind of basically they're archived there forever. Yeah. Um, And so. A long time. And also this podcast. Yeah. (laughs) I know. I feel like at some point we should bring a few of our friends on and do an episode where we look back at nationals experiences and what Ooh, that's a great that's idea good. for like the off season <laughs> because yeah but i will <laughs> that'll be a fun one right <laughs> um yeah. yeah because i think there's so many experiences like i'll never forget in nashville we couldn't get an uber to the rink so ann and i walked and ann was so far ahead of me <laughs> Because I was so afraid that I was going to fall. She was just like, you know, she was Thomas the Tank Engine, basically. She was. And the the best part is I was already at the arena. So one, Anne had come first and I'm like, oh, here's Anne. And she's good. And Anne says the story. Well, Daphne was going so slow. I was afraid she was going to. And then two, about 10 minutes later, in comes Daphne. And I get Daphne's side of the story. She was going so fast, da, 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 and I'm like, she oh, was, she it was, was a woman on a mission. She, <laughs> she was had so to be. focused, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, Luke, yeah. you know who Anne is. Yeah, you remember? Okay, yeah. she was a woman on a mission, and she got there. But those are the types of things. Like, there's just, <laughs> yeah. I remember yeah. Um, my first nationals in 2006. Everybody got sick. It was like some sort of food poisoning. Wow. I did oh. not, but it was like the last day and yeah, not very many people didn't get sick. The, the whole media room was like taken over by illness mm. and wow. There's just been so oh, many no. stories, so many yeah. different things. Yeah. I've been yeah. yeah, there's a lot. Nashville is always like that yearly joint experience where like Everyone has their own little, like, memories from it, but then also memories of, like, spending that time with each other. It's just very nice. Yes. Those those are the things that you want to hold on to. There's just, those are the things that are fun to remember and talk about. 
Yeah, and like I feel like through skating, I Yeah. I know I can say for sure. Um, I've met lifelong friends, you know, people Absolutely. who I can who I would have never met if I didn't, you know, skate, um, and do the sport. But now I can say like, wow, I've made friends I can, um, make memories with for the rest of my life, and that's what's ultimately why I feel like I keep doing it. Really, like that. Like you said, like that being able to, you know, go to these events together and nationals being one of them um, and and sharing those memories. So. Mm -hmm. Right. We'll shift away from nationals. I feel like we've had a great discussion on Yes. a We lot have. <laughs> of, you know, not just experiences, but on as a whole, a bigger picture for skating. But we're going to hone in a little bit on each of you. And ask you some questions um, that are kind of directed um, more towards your individual experience. Um, Lindsay, are you still in school? Yes, I am. I am currently a sophomore at ASU, Arizona State University. And what are you studying? Um, I'm doing my bachelor's in communications, well, mass communications and media studies. But then recently, I also decided I wanted to minor in philosophy. Okay. So, yeah. Excellent. Oh, okay. Well, I think the podcast is perfect for someone who's studying Yes. communications. Yes, it is. Um, and we actually have a few classes on podcasting. <laughs> So I was thinking about, oh. you know, maybe doing that, you know, one stone, two bird thing, you know, Yeah. kind of get my credits Yeah, in while also yeah. just having really meaningful conversation with my best friend, <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's the best yeah. part, right? I feel like I get to podcast on both of my podcasts. I'm podcasting with such good friends and it it's that time that you get to spend together every week just talking about something that you both love and that's you know so rewarding Right. and what are you up to now that the season has ended are you planning to co compete at collegiates this year Um, well, I'm doing a few shows now since the season's kind of winding down. I'm picking new music, you know, doing new choreography and stuff. But yes, I am planning on doing collegiates this year. Where is it going to be? I actually don't even know. But Because um, last year it was in San Jose. <laughs> You know, we were in that same right. uh, practice rink for collegiates. And that just felt really familiar to me. But um, I actually don't know where it is this year. But yes, I will be Were you at Shark competing. Ice for collegiates? Yes, we were. So it's that cold rink. Yes, the rink Was with it? like six ice rinks. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, yeah, yeah. there. Every color of the rainbow. Okay, okay. <laughs> Literally. They go, they go by like the colors, like yellow ring, blue ring, gray ring, purple Yeah, ring. right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, I heard they're adding more, actually. yeah, it's grown They're adding more since, to their facility. yeah, Yeah. it's grown since Wow. I was there, and I do remember Mm -hmm. the very cold rink. Like, Yes. yeah, although I think Columbus, <laughs> Columbus is up there. oh, Columbus Columbus was was pretty pretty cold. cold. Yeah. Columbus Yeah. was cold outside, but actually I found the rink pretty uh, warm and nice, actually. Oh, Yeah. okay. We were in the wrong place, Luke Gina. doesn't agree. <laughs> <laughs> we were in the I wrong mean, like, place you're also, then. We maybe should have just been on yeah, the talking ice. to, like, the skaters who are sweating. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> Absolutely. true, true. So you're already thinking, uh, working on next <laughs> season then, Lindsay. yes, I am. Awesome. Excellent. And um, Gina, why don't you handle, you can ask Luke his questions. 
All right, Luke. So how's training going for Junior Worlds? Yeah, um, I told you a little bit, but we're ramping up training. We have our <laughs> final week almost, um, and then we leave next Saturday. So kind of, you know, going back to the basics, getting the conditioning in and um, yeah, feeling like we're mentally kind of getting that right mindset on the last competition of the season. So feeling good. Yes. We you know, you know what's funny? We just got our um the world junior team coats. Ooh. But they're like Oh, did you take a photo in the coats? I, I'll take a photo just for you, Gina. <laughs> okay. No. I want to see a yeah, photo. Yeah, but they're like huge. They're like long, like real like puffer coats. And nice. the funny thing is Taiwan is like 87 degrees right now. So <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, I mean in Colorado it's great. It's, it's like great. Yeah. But, but I mean, in Taiwan, I don't think we're going to be using that too often. <laughs> Not outside the rink. <laughs> Maybe yeah. in yeah, the I mean, rink. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, training is going well. Kind of just, um, yeah, doing what we do best, you know. And so, yeah, feeling excited, though. Yeah. Yeah. What are you most looking forward to about Worlds? Um, the cuisine. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, no, but no, I'm looking forward to. I've actually never g gone to a junior worlds or any of that kind of competition, so definitely gonna be something new for sure. Uh, new experience. Um, and there's gonna be a lot of people, so that'll be very interesting. I've never experienced that before. Um, and yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's a. I, I've traveled to all the the Asian countries. I've. <laughs> they really had us traveling that's for sure yeah, yeah. <laughs> used to a new lifestyle um, and, and culture so i just yeah. love that about yeah. traveling yeah very cool you guys have any goals we do that's some okay. um, obviously putting two great performances out is our main goal we can't control the the things we can't control but we do have that in the back of our head um yeah, okay. they're quite lofty, Gina. They're quite lofty. All right. And now one more question I have for you. The junior events, like the Junior Grand Prix, you know how everybody cheers on everybody else and it's crazy in the stands. Are you and Olivia planning to have, you know, streamers and signs and cheering on the rest of your A team? A thousand percent. And I feel like that's okay. what's great about junior events. Um, my first ever experience with that, obviously being Austria, the JGP in Austria, Linz, um, which I'm so grateful that that was my first experience. Cause you know, you hear stories about like the team not really meshing or not mm -hmm. really sticking to themselves. And that's a big thing where, um, that can happen, um, depending on the athletes that are there. But what's amazing about the Austria experience was we had just like everyone, all of us, we meshed immediately. It was like we, I didn't know, for example, the peels. I didn't, I only know Josephine. So, you know, we had Josephine, we had Beck, we had the peels, we had the Mullins and obviously us. And it was just a great first international experience, like a bigger international experience. And so that really relieved the nerves because we actually, all of us, we attended all the events. We were there, like, we would compete at like maybe 4, 3 p.m., but we would have been, we were there for the dance early in the day, you know? So we made that commitment um, and we were like, and it wasn't even like we forced it either. It was like, it just felt so natural. 
um because the people were the team was just amazing and we never even i didn't even like get time to hang out with you know other people other federations and other skaters because it was like we were just hanging out the like, team usa was really like there for each other and they're gonna be you know similar people from austria at junior worlds and i and familiar faces so yeah i i think liv and i are gonna plan to do do that for yeah. okay i expect to yeah. see you on camera yes. you know cheering you know what's also funny the other events yeah i feel like um austria being like the second jgp like it's it started to, it was like a thing where ted um and mark uh commentating they would be like all right let's see it was like a team usa and team canada like rivalry in the stands for the <laughs> Yeah, and Ted would be like, "Oh, Team Canada, they're not doing so strong." Um, and we had, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was fun. Yeah, and the Peels are super spirited. They're super high energy, and so I feel like everywhere I go, if they're there, you can expect high energy in the stands. <laughs> yeah. All yeah. right. <laughs> so we have a couple of podcasting questions that we want to ask you before we wrap up. The first. With, with the, the fun, fun questions. questions we have to do the fun questions gina gina will ask the fun questions and i'll take care of the podcast ones who came up with the name off ice hours or office hours it was luke <laughs> <laughs> i'm raising I my hand all the creative stuff to luke Eventually, Luke okay. and Lindsay, you may have to decide what it actually is. Is it office or off ice? Because in the world of marketing, you might have to decide. Probably not yet. I think it's, I think really it's very clever. clever. <laughs> um, why did I you... think it's off ice hours. Though. Off ice hours, yeah. Because <laughs> it's yeah. like an activity that we do off the ice. Mm -hmm. So it still has some correlation to like ice skating you know office hours just sounds a little bit like we're here to like work our nine to five <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah or you're yeah, here I'm to talk about hours. the tv show the office oh i love <laughs> that show also... or, yeah or or you're a professor and you have yep. office hours that was always what yes. i looked so at was, i was like oh, office that, was hours. The, that was the inspiration because you know our, yeah we, we're kind of we're, we're you know obviously very skating related so we wanted it to associate with skating and the sport but we did want to also make sure the podcast dove into you know those other life questions the life topics you know we talked mm -hmm. about mental health we talked about you know, what athlete, you know, our mind and all of that. And so we did want to make it a little bit like life as well. So right. kind of that was the play on part of the word. But I, yes, I do. I think we're going to go with off ice hours. Um, mm -hmm. Moving forward. Yeah. And who made your logo? Luke. <laughs> Raising he has all the creative juice in, in this <laughs> dynamic. He's so creative when it comes to stuff like that. I mean, I think what happened was he was freaking out. I was like, you need to make the logo. And he was like, I don't have any ideas. And I was like, how about like an ice cube? And then he like, bam, bam, bam. 10 yep. minutes, it was done. It was perfect. And I was like, yes, that's it. And then, you know, that's it. Yeah, I did our logo and I did the logo for my movie podcast. And it really, in the beginning, was just like, okay, we just need something to really get started. We'll get a better one later. Yeah, yeah. I, with the movie one... And our name came from yeah, Jordan. Jordan gave, yeah. Jordan of On Ice Perspectives gave us this week. It's yeah. amazing. Was his... I love it. It's like, it's basically <laughs> what you do, what the whole podcast is. So it's, yeah. It's We're talking about the weekly stuff. Mm -hmm. Um. So what made you guys decide to start the podcast? 
It was kind of a joke at first, to be honest. Yeah, it was. A lot of things in life start out as a joke, don't, don't they? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, well, I listen to The Peels, their podcast, and I really enjoy it. And I think I listened to that episode with Luke on it and Olivia. I was like, and I, I think I remember like uh, commenting or DMing uh, Luke like, oh, that was so fun. Like, like this is such great inspiration. I kind of want to start mine. He's like, I kind of want to start too. I was like, should we start one together? And then, you know, that just kind of just fell into place like that. Yeah. But yeah. it was like, even after that, it was, it was like, I, I took it as a joke at first, like three weeks kind of go by. Um, we had discussions of it, like end of November or early December. We didn't start until the end of December, like new year's. So it was like, mm -hmm. we didn't expect it. But then all of a sudden when it kind of like, again, like came up with the name logo, like everything just like accelerated and, Mm -hmm. really fast and so and then yeah here we are here we are <laughs> uh, now who edits the podcast well okay <laughs> i used to <laughs> luke okay i used to because remember i'm super structured so i used to like go back and like edit all like the pauses and everything yep. but like you know i it's, feel this like is something yeah, this is something I gave Lindsay a very hard time with was I was like, <laughs> you know what? Like, I feel like, I don't know. I, I'm like someone that we talked about this on the podcast. I, I'm a very like spontaneous person. And so I find myself thriving when I am not given a rubric, when I'm not forcing myself in a box. And so I feel like the more we can, and especially that first episode that Lindsay first um edited it was like one of those episodes where we were kind of forcing it a little bit um and when we did that it was like well then we cut out so much because it was like everything was redundant it was, didn't feel like flowy it didn't feel right and so I was like okay next episode here's what we're gonna do we're gonna have a topic have the guest and I, which was it was our like we talked about our beginnings and skating and stuff, and then we're like okay we're then we're go, go off with it right and so I just started like talking and talking and so I feel like when you do that then it it gels so much better and then we found like we didn't need to take out anything you know what I mean right and so just were my editing to... uh my editing job was revoked I was demoted oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just I'm just a podcast speaker now <laughs> so I gave Lindsay a hard time because it was like Lindsay we gotta just like just talk, you know? Leave you know, it in. Like, yeah. 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 And Lindsay, you know, you, you would be like, sometimes you'd be like, I don't know. I, I feel like I can't think ahead. And I was like, we don't need to think ahead. Let's just be in the moment, right? And let's talk and let's, you know, do it as it is. And then that's what editing is for if we, if it's necessary. And then actually, ironically, we found out like the more we were relaxed and talked and, you know, the less after, you know, the less after work we had to do with it and so right, yeah. it's true i don't have to edit as much of this weekend skating as i used to it's gotten a lot easier because mm -hmm. some of my friends that are in podcasting have said you have to leave stuff in you can leave in and um it's okay yeah you can and, it's part of how the, people talk yeah and that's right. what makes it yeah. genuine. Yeah. Like your your emotions yep. in the moment and that the the feeling and that mood is that is what's ultimately the genuine uh, feeling and emotion. Yeah. But that's gonna that's gonna translate to the the listener much better than if you were to make it so formulaic and and structured. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and that's what, like, for example, yeah. like the run through Adam and Ashley do a great job because it almost feels like when I'm listening to them, it's like they literally don't. I I 
I, obviously they probably edit, but it feels like as if they don't edit, period. You know, they put press mm -hmm. play. And mm -hmm. by the time you get to the end, it's like, it feels just so real, so raw, so vulnerable, mm -hmm. so genuine. And that's, I feel like, what translates the best. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. It's yeah. like, leave it in. Leave it in. Because, you know, that's ultimately what you were, wanted to say, what you wanted to portray. And so I feel like that's important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've done that. I've gotten a lot better at that. The first time I edited my movie podcast... It took me about six hours because I was yeah. so focused on taking out all the ums and, mm -hmm. and all the I like perfection. So yeah, perfection. And like, I feel like it's not, not just yeah, it's not I realistic. Myself, yeah, but I do find myself, which is weird combination, because I do find myself to be a big, a big, a very big perfectionist. Um, in the, I don't know, but then you know, there's some things that come naturally and more naturally than others. I feel like, um, and I don't know. It's it's a weird combination because you know you would expect me to be like, especially when I'm on the ice, I'm like a perfectionist. You know, I want it to be perfect, and I kind of you know I'm hard on myself, and I'm like, whoa, why didn't you do that? But then when it comes to something like this, I I don't know. It's weird that you know your body can have two different. I don't know. The duality of that is is interesting because. I would expect myself to be like, uh, like, oh my god, this podcast episode has to be perfect. The recording, the editing, the whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but I find myself to be more like, I'm like, all right, let's be spontaneous with it. Let's just talk, which is, I feel like a a great thing, um, for a podcast. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if you have to overcome being a perfectionist, like if someone says to you, you know, you really need to let go of those tendencies editing a podcast is the perfect way to yeah start i'm to going do through that. that right now <laughs> it helps every single it time we help. record Lindsay, is that familiar did, did, did daphne said familiar sounding it is that, that sounds like a road i walked on <laughs> yes and it's hard but it's so good for you to go down that road because i realize that i don't have to stress about it and it makes me a better podcaster. Um, I've also noticed that my speaking ability, like if I'm managing a meeting and I'm the one that's, you know, the host, my, my public speaking has gotten a lot better because I've built this mm -hmm. confidence from doing podcasting. Yeah. Right. And usually you don't give yourself that second chance, mm -hmm. right? You kind of Give that, give it a go, and then whatever happens, happens, and similar, yeah. yeah Is there anything that you guys have figured out or learned about podcasting that maybe you didn't know before? I think the technical part of it was, like, we didn't know at first, you know, yeah. like, with the whole process of recording a podcast, that's, you know, and there's a lot of different ways, mm -hmm. but right. we had, you know, no no exposure to yeah. that whatsoever so even setting it up like i had to like figure out what an rss feed was yep you know <laughs> um i had to learn how to like convert my files to a different format you mm -hmm. know um but it also like strengthened a lot of the skills i already had like writing because i had to start writing up like creative uh descriptions and yes. stuff like that um yeah so being a podcaster isn't just about like talking in front of a mic. I think there's more skill that come along with it that 
you have that you strengthen and also that you build over time and through experience. So it's just a really great like second, you know, hobby for me mm-hmm. outside of skating. But to be able mm-hmm. to do it surrounding skating, something that I love so yeah. much. Yes. And with someone that who also appreciates skating as much as I do, it's just, it's just a really great experience overall. Yeah, it's like not, it's like an avenue where you can like, you know, express your love for the sport mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and right? fangirl. Mm-hmm. That's all I do. <laughs> I just go crazy yeah, about feel... my my idols. <laughs> yeah, like, I, yeah, and I feel like, yeah, I feel like um, a lot of the times, like even for us as athletes who are already doing it, who are already competing, we want to know. We're interested and curious about other people's experiences and and their angles of the sport and their perspective. And we don't get that a lot, right? And so it's like, it's it's nice to be able to, one, share our stories, but and obviously talk about something we love. Um, and hopefully, you know, every episode, someone's able to take away something, learn something. Um, and that's kind of the key, what we wanted to, to get mm-hmm. at first. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's very interesting, very, very different. Um, but it is very like a w- rewarding, I feel like. Uh, yeah. Just to be able to say that, like you, you know, recorded a podcast, posted a podcast, right. did all of the, the behind the scenes stuff. And, and it's, it's actually a lot uh, that goes into it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the funny um, tip that I got when I was first starting is if you make it past like six, five, six episodes, you're doing well because most people quit at that point. Mm. And I'm just like, I don't want to quit. It's too much fun. It is. It is very fun. Have we hit that mark yet? I don't even know. We are exactly at five. So all right, good. Okay. You're, right at, you're right there. Yeah. No. It, I for someone who likes to talk so much, this is a good good for me. I need to just get it out. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and for someone who doesn't like to talk yeah. very much, this is also this is therapy for yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. It's yeah, for yeah, me no, to break yeah. out of those boundaries. Yeah. 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 yeah, I feel like sometimes, you know, our life is so routine based as a skater. You know, you get to the ring, you do your job, you train hard, you go home. You, some people go to school, some people do the, And you don't really get that chance to like, hold on a sec, right? And sit down mm-hmm. and reflect and take time out of your life to just kind of go over what happened, right? And so I feel like podcasting is a lot, it allows me at least to do that. Um, and kind of be able to, you know, go back and, and look like, oh, wow, like how far we've come or, you know, talk about experiences and things that are very personal to us. Um, and so that's, I feel like the best part, right? Just being able mm-hmm. to like take time out of a crazy, crazy, crazy schedule to just, you know, have an hour or two just to, you know, like, oh, I'm here, I'm present and I'm talking about my life. And so that's, really rewarding i feel like and it's actually really necessary and very healthy for a skater for sure Mm -hmm. well all right no you are good gina oh okay all right you ready for the fun questions hit us okay well i will again there is this one question that we we threw it out in season one of this week in skating you probably if you've listened you probably know which one it is um, and we haven't asked it in a while, so it's okay. you guys are getting, I think, the first time I'm asking this question in 2024, but that's the last one. First question, okay. 
is you, you're a new addition to the crayon box. What color would you be and why? Lilac. Purple. Oh, man. <laughs> but, like, but like very, very light. Almost yeah, white you know, purple. Lavender is actually my favorite color. And I'm actually like the all the purples that are in the crayon are always so dark. Like there's indigo. Mm -hmm. and all. That's yeah. Exactly. We need like justice for the pastels. Yeah, I would say any <laughs> any pastel colors. I feel like would do. Okay. Even in markers too. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. F. I would say I, I'm gonna be boring and I'm gonna go with that because that is true for me. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Now, other than skates and costumes and all the other skating related items, what is one thing you pack in your suitcase that you can't travel without when you go to a competition? My blankets and pillows. <laughs> Oh I I'm just that kind of person that when I sleep I need to have my own thing. Like hotel mm -hmm. pillows don't smell the you. same. Hotel pillows smell weird. Yeah. <laughs> I don't fall I asleep. Hear you. I, I don't fall asleep. I don't get good quality sleep, you know? So for me it's those it's the blankets so, and pillows. And my mom always okay. gets mad at me for packing them because they never fit. And she's like, Can we not? I'm like, No. No. Absolutely not. No. <laughs> You said besides any skating equipment? Yes. Yeah. So not your skates, not your costume, not anything that's skating related. I'm literally looking at it right now. <laughs> Are you already packing for I Junior World? Yes, I have my skates there because you know I am a procrastinator and I, I cannot <laughs> wait. Like when it's international and I do the day before, it's a disaster. So it's absolutely. Yeah, um, I'm one of those people too. I have to pack ahead of time. Because yeah. I have to push myself to do it because I am a procrastinator. And when I wait to the last minute, it's a mess. And I end up going to a competition without a memory card for my camera or the card reader yeah. or something ridiculous. Yeah. Cables, Some something. Cable so yep. I'm yep. meticulous when I pack now. I always... Not that it, um, I don't know. It's always in my bag and I always am bringing it, but chapstick. Okay. Yeah. It's a non right. And also like it's already on the back bag, but like my pins, they're very special to me. So mm. I try to keep adding to the collection. Oh, Luke, remind me. Cause I think Lindsay got it this week in skating pin at nationals. And I totally forgot to give you one. So <laughs> after the podcast, we're going to make sure that okay. happens. <laughs> I will get you I gotta, a pin. See, I got to add it to my collection. Those are lucky. <laughs> okay. Are. All right. Question number three. What TV show are you currently binging or watching? Maybe if you're not I'm necessarily binging. currently binging but... Gossip Girl. The original oh. Gossip Girl? Yes. I yes. really loved Gossip it, Girl. It actually, I, it's, I'm cr crazy that I never watched it before. Um, being it's like such a classic, but I literally one day I was like, all right, it, we have to because I'm trying to get through classics, and I've just been I'm already on, like I think I started maybe two weeks ago and I'm already on season five. I'm addicted. Yep. It's actually it, really good. It is <laughs> so good, so good. It it invokes all the emotions basically. Yes. It evokes all the emotions. Yes. You are angry and sad and happy yes. almost in the same episode. Yes, a thousand percent. So that's what I'm currently. Yeah, mm, I haven't been watching many shows lately. 
But I mean, when I do, it's probably like a Netflix K drama or something like that. Um, <laughs> they have a but, lot of those now. Yeah, they yeah. do. They, Which it, I, yeah, I was surprised. Um, well, I just thought of one I finished. I think it was The Glory. That was scary, yeah, I heard about that. but it was, heard. you know, it was, the acting was great. A classic K-drama. Mm-hmm. Not that I've classic? watched it, but I just know. I thought of another one. Um, it's not binging because it's kind of going, like, coming out every day, but Love Island. Mm-hmm. I'm in my Love Island era. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> this one is the Love Island All-Stars. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes, it's a new one. They're like, they have so many. <laughs> Aside from just Love Island, USA, UK, Australia, <laughs> Germany, they have like, the another one that was like recent was that was pre-recorded was Love Island Games. And they Ooh. had like people from all different, USA, <laughs> UK, Australia, Germany, like all of them came into one. And then they did this like Love Island Games version. And then wow, all, okay. all stars, which is like just UK, but like the all stars. So like people who have been in all nine or eight or nine seasons, like just okay. Sorry, <laughs> I think someone okay. from that series <laughs> ended up winning another show that I like, which is The Circle. I love The Circle. It's a social media seclusion game show. Oh, that yeah. worked really well during the pandemic because everyone was in an individual room. Oh, well, right. I think her name was Chloe. Okay. But uh, yeah, I love right. Netflix. Right. There's just so much on there to watch that you can almost always find something. And I'm right. a little bit upset with the password sharing situation. Yeah, that's yeah. changing a lot of things for people, I think. Right. <laughs> If you were stuck on a deserted island with three figure skaters past or present, who would you be stuck Ooh. with? Now, the reason this question became as big as it is is because Jason Brown couldn't give me an answer when he did it, and I had to get it from him in person at Nationals in what San Jose. So that's why this has become the mm-hmm. question. So well, I got to know, what did he say at Nationals? San Jose. Oh, Keegan Messing. Okay. Mariah Bell. And what am I missing? Michelle Kwan. Yeah. All right. Oh, this is hard. It is. (laughs) It is a very hard question. I think Gina and I had to answer it. Hmm. But I don't even know what we said. Uh... And I should say deserted island either you just want to stay on the <laughs> island and have a really good time with these people or you want to try to get off the island mm. it's totally okay. up to you i have two i could just think of one more hmm oh my gosh my heart is racing <laughs> okay i say i know i know i, I I'll, I'll answer okay. okay all right Lindsay. i would bring adam rapon <laughs> i would bring mariah <laughs> bell and that would bring luke Oh, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Imagine Am that I... podcast. <laughs> yeah. The four of us will just sit around the campfire and we'll just be podcasting all day. Yep. Just talking about our day on the island. <laughs> yep. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. I got mine. Just because, you know, third one, okay. if you said me, I originally was not planning to say you, but now I have to say you. Yep. I'm so offended. <laughs> okay. So, Lindsay, because she said me. Jason Brown, because, you know, you mentioned Jason Brown. And 
Dude, who doesn't want someone to to who doesn't want to be around Jason Brown, right? And third, this is very important, okay? Because this is my treasure in life. My treasure is food, right? We, I think we all know this. So I, I love food. And so I'm going to need to bring Brian Boitano because he's going to need to cook us gourmet <laughs> meals on the deserted island. So oh, Brian, Brian is coming along just for that, okay? He's going to be... So Luke wants a Brian Boitano yes. lounge on the island. So I have, I have the sweetest teddy bear. I have the greatest chef. And I have my podcaster, fellow podcaster. We're getting off that island well-fed. <laughs> Well entertained and in high spirits. <laughs> yes, that Perfect. is a fantastic. <laughs> I yeah, that's fantastic and a great way for us to wrap up this episode. Yes, we want to thank Luke and Lindsay for taking the time to chat with us today. It's been a great time, and thank we'd you. love to have you back sometime, maybe next year after you've had your yeah. podcast going for a while and. Mm -hmm. Great. talk about you know what you've learned so far um gina can you let folks know where they can find us well you can find us at our website it's thisweekinskating.com on social media including the site formerly known as twitter at this wk in skating facebook instagram and threads it's this week in skating we love your feedback or your questions you can reach out to us on social media or email us at thisweekinskating at gmail.com and if you are enjoying our episodes, you can join us on Patreon. We are at patreon.com slash thisweekinskating. Luke and Lindsay, can you let folks know where they can find you? Yeah, you can find us. We're on Instagram right now, solely Instagram, because, you know, new at this. But you can find us at, at um, It's Office Hours or It's Off Ice Hours. <laughs> and then we're, we're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. That brings us to the end of our episode. Thanks for listening, everyone. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And you've been listening to This Week in Skating. Have, Have a nice, nice week. week.